Hey, mother. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to another edition of Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast. I'm Ralph Quartrucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Debbie Murphy. I'm Brad Barrowie. I'm John Quattrucci. I'm Drew Gold. <laughs> oh, interesting. We're always giving away the movies. All right, everybody. Everybody have a good week. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, a little reminder to our viewers and people who are listening to us. We do spoil the movies we talk about. Okay? Ooh. So even though this movie came out in, what, 1998, we're about to do tonight? 99. Yep. So that's a few years if you haven't seen it. Anyway, spoilers, spoilers. But before hey, why we you talk- that, Ralph, subscribe, share. Hit the notification button. Yeah, we're getting some views. Young Frankenstein, everybody needs to check out that one. That's getting a lot of views. Be nice to get some comments. Great great commenting on that, Ralph. Excellent job. Thank you, John. Yeah, and also, say you like it, because more people dislike it than like it. Sean's got a great point. Make sure you like it. Thanks, (laughs) Sean. Sean is right about that one. Good job, Sean. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ralph, (laughs) and thank you, John. Okay. All right, we're going to start with Drew. Drew, what did you watch this week? Well, Ralph... Uh, I watched uh, a number of things. Um, one of the things that I watched, uh, I'm not going to actually talk about because I got bored halfway through, but I was very disappointed. Uh, it's the, oh, Showtime, come on. the Showtime documentary about the Go-Go's called The Go-Go's. Oh, yeah. oh I like that. the director of um, uh, Laurel Canyon, which uh, Sean and Debbie enjoyed, but uh, it didn't do it for me. And I know I I like the go-go's, but it was very, um, this happened, then this happened, then this. That's true. That is true. No, that that didn't work for me. Also, one show that I'm not going to talk about this time because I've only watched two episodes, but I am in love so far with The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Uh, That is spectacular. And then I found out who actually made it, and it's a Scott Frank show. And I was like, well, of course I love it, but I'll talk about it when that's done. Um, So let's see. I watched uh, one movie recommended on the podcast, Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, which I had had on my list for some time, and I, I quite enjoyed. It's got a great cast. And I also watched Denial, which was the movie from, I think, 2016. It's Rachel Weisses. Rachel Weisses. Oh, and, uh, and Timothy Spall and uh, Tom Wilkinson about um, David Irving uh, putting her on trial for calling him a Holocaust denier. And uh, it's it's a good movie. It's a good awesome. courtroom drama. Um, but what's really fascinating is... Um, all of the courtroom uh, dialogue is straight from the transcripts and Mm. you can feel the drama of the way that they're playing the the courtroom uh, game. And you can see the differences between how it works in England versus um, in the United States. And that was really neat. And then the only other thing I'll mention is uh, I listened to uh, an episode of WTF with Mark Marin. John, I know you like me to give you extra stuff. That's why I'm doing it, John. Um, his latest episode is an interview with Frank Langella, who I've mentioned in the oh, past. That cool. um, and it's a really wonderful interview. Frank Langella is just, a, it's just a, an incredible actor and really thoughtful. And his, his comments and his sense of humor and his very unexpected, I would say almost Alan Rickman-y dry level of humor is really nice. So uh, that's definitely worth a listen. Uh, it's not the best podcast. That's what you're listening to right now, but it's a good podcast. So yeah, He's not bad. Mark Maron's not bad. He's not bad. He's, he's... By the way, I love Rachel Weiss. I love watching oh, her. Yeah. She's, She's really good. Even her, like when she did The Mummy and stuff like that. And Constantine, did you ever see Constantine yeah. with? That movie was surprisingly good, and she's really love, good at it. I love that film. Love well, that Drew. film. Thank you, Drew. Uh, Debbie and Sean, your square is up. What do you got? Well, we were watching um, Ride to High Country, which was one of the um, – some people consider uh, um, 
Sam Peckinpah's best film. It's about two aging lawmen played by um, Joel McRae and Randolph Scott, who um, are going to escort a gold shipment. And Randolph Scott has a bit of larceny and is trying to convince him, look, we've put in enough time for the good sky. Let's reward ourselves with this money. And I was, I was watching, I'm thinking, wow, you know, because I'm Peckinpah, and I'm very sensitive to women's issues because of this podcast. Peckinpah films are kind of brutal towards women, kind of rapey. And I'm like, kind of. well, this one seems to be okay until Marriott Hartley gets to the camp where she's going to marry this guy. And and her, her suitor has four brothers, one's played by um, Warren Oates, another by, um, what's it, L.Q. Jones, who are, and another guy who was in... Um, in Wild Bunch, and they all expect to um, enjoy the bride, too, much to her horror. So I'm like, oh, it's really not that different than all the other second <laughs> Paul films. But it, it, it is it's a really it's a really good film. It's nice to see these two aging actors, Joel McRae and um, Randolph Scott, you know, in these roles. And it's, it's another changing West film, much like Wild Bunch, but without the um, huge amount of violence. What did you think of the movie, Debbie? Yeah, I like the scenery. I like the old westerns to see this big sky and, you know, to imagine how things were back in those days. The things were very, um, you know, things like that probably did happen in out west. And you like the and one thing she definitely liked was like the the clothes were all threadbare. Usually, you see a lot of Hollywood yeah. westerns. Yeah, they and, you know, everyone's yeah. got these nice clothes, and you sit there and look and like, how did they keep those clothes they that did. clean? Yeah. You know. <laughs> People only bathe themselves once a week. You know what I mean? If that. So, you know, I'm not saying people were intentionally dirty, but, you know, it's a, it's a nice film. Not as, um, not almost as misogynistic as Sam Peckinpah's other films. And I suspect I'll be bringing in a Sam Peckinpah film, either um, Wild Bunch or Straw Dogs. I know all these good ones are starting to, I'm getting all, it's too much sugar. Too, we're too happy. These movies are too happy. We got to get back into some darkness. Brad, what do you got in your Brad single square? Okay. How do you feel yeah, all so, by yourself? Uh, are you okay? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. good. So, so Ralph, we've been watching um, uh, Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Oh. So and? near the end of it. I've, I've been enjoying that. It's um, hunting or haunting? Haunting. Haunting, haunting of Hill House. A haunting of Hill House. Yeah. So um, I think it's based on the 50s movie, right? The, it's based on the Shirley Jackson, um, the Shirley Jackson novel. Yeah, which, you know, which I was reading. And they made a movie. They did make a movie. So is it a miniseries, Brad? It's a, yeah, it's a miniseries. It's ten episodes. Um, Mike Flanagan, I think that he's he did is that. Yeah. Is that your buddy, Sean? As well, Bowie. Yeah. Would you like that? I know. <laughs> he's a we local, right? Him. Not to be confused with the Orioles. We saw his uh, Oculus movie. Yeah, and, and his earlier said, ones too. It, the, the early Oculus movie and his early ones. And we said, there's something about him, you know, yeah. some talent that he's but I, got. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy the way they, they tell the story with uh, the back and forth. They, they're they jumping back and forth between when they were kids and and and, and now. And, and just the way the story is told is very interesting. Um, I think, Ralph, you know, no backstory, not so much backstory until nice. later on. So it's. it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it good. was well reviewed, too. It was well reviewed. So it's, I, yeah, I think it's very, it's really well done. It's nice. It's now you guys were watching Haunting a Bly Manor. We did. Or at we, least we watched that as well. Yeah. Did you like that one? I I did. I think that, this one's probably a little better, but um, 
Did you? I don't know if anybody else has seen any of them. I'm, I'm three episodes into that, it. and uh, I I like it, but it's not. It doesn't grab me the way that The Haunting mm. of Hill House did. But yeah. Some trusted reviews have said it's worth sticking it out. So it, I, 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 I enjoyed it. I think this one. I think yeah, you probably won't enjoy it as much as this one, but I I, I think it's still worth it. Well, Mike Flanagan is is a real talent, and I know he directed every episode of The Haunting of Hill House. He only mm-hmm. directed the first episode of of Bly, which is not in and of itself bad. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I remember you talking about his early movies. He did a, a home invasion thriller starring, I think that it was, it may not be his wife, called Hush, where she plays oh, a woman good. and mm-hmm. a guy is breaking in. And that is a yeah. really simple, tight, yeah. kind of nasty, excellent thriller horror movie. It's, like, it's see mm-hmm. no evil, but she's deaf. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's really yeah. great. He, I really like his game, which was the Stephen oh, King adaptation. Another good one. Another I'm so good tired one. of Stephen King adaptations, and that was fresh. And he's got a great curveball. Great curveball. We really like oh, Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep was so good, and he got bad reviews or bad box office. On well, that's that a tough movie. one for him to do. That was a tough one. But oh, it, I, I liked it. I liked it. I liked the film. Is, yeah, yeah. is Doctor Sleep the follow up to The Shining? Is that the? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of a yeah, kind of. Yeah, a I've got the book here. I haven't read the book yet. All right, John, you're up. John? Well, since John. Uh, oh. since Drew was up. up, since Drew set the tone that we can talk about six movies instead of just one, I think I only did five, and one of oh, whatever podcast. I did whatever. watch whatever. I, John. I'm going to talk about one, but I did watch three things that I really liked. Uh, Point Blank with Lee Marvin, good one. Sure. Never seen it. Yeah. The remake was Payback. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. And after doing some research on it, I was like, oh, is he a ghost or isn't he? They don't really give you an answer, but I really liked it. I also watched my favorite year with Peter O'Toole. Sure. Good one. Yeah, I excellent. love that movie, and he is so good in that movie. Uh, but what I want to recommend—it's something I just watched on Amazon Prime. Uh, two is uh, enough. You're like, done. No, no. I'm sorry, Ralph. What? Time's up. Oh, I'm just uh, kidding. Come on, John. Uh, I'm a big Jean Claude Van Damme fan. I love Time Cop. Uh, oh. Love Time Cop, and the other one when he was in New Orleans, Hard Target. Sure. Yeah, so there's one. a series on Amazon Prime called Jean Claude Van Johnson. That's a fun one, too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about seven episodes, I think. But in this show, he's playing himself. But along with being an actor, he's a special ops guy for the government. So the show is about that. But it's a comedy, and he is really self-deprecating in the whole show. Like, there's one scene where he's got this fight he's about to have. And there's, like, eight guys there. And he's staring at him. You hear his thoughts. He goes... I've got something that they don't have. And he got, you know, he's famous for doing that split where he gets prone to the floor. He gets about halfway and <laughs> stops and it just goes, and then he gets wailed on. All right. <laughs> it's really funny. If you get a chance to see it and he's really, Drew, don't you think he's good in it? He's really he's funny good in it. Did you yeah. see he's got a couple of those? There's another. Yeah, but this not like this. He did JVC. That's what I was gonna say. He did that which one is too. like the same thing, but serious and surprisingly kind of moving. And he's actually yeah. quite good. So when I when they did John Claude Van Johnson, I was like, well, that seems like they're just making fun of him. But he's so in on it. Yeah, and it's really fun. <laughs> and I think it was made. It was like made in 2015 or 16. So it's not new. Right. But it's. I watched it. it was really funny. I really like. Have it. you seen the green screen videos he does on YouTube that you can download and put them in your films? No. Oh. Yeah. It's just him jumping around, shooting. Oh, guns. really? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, the no, other guy, I want to say one thing about Von Dom. What, Sean? He may be self-deprecating, but he turned us down uh, on um, uh, my last film with Pure Flix. It was a decent offer too, and um, he turned us down for the film Black Rider. And then when I read the script as it was re 
print. And after I saw it, I'm like, yeah, I see why. Well, there you go. Do you oh, have wait, any recommendations well, this week? Hang on one second. Since this, ahead, is, since this is the Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast, I think it bears mentioning that Jean-Claude Van Damme is in one of my favorite Die Hard in a movies. He's in oh. Sudden Death. Sudden <laughs> Death is classic. In the hockey <laughs> rink? It's a hockey movie. That movie is so silly hey. and so fun and so great. He played goalie. He was goalie. Yeah, he's great. And it's, when his son <laughs> figures out I love that, that film. The goalie is so funny. It's well, so since funny. everybody took so much time, I guess I really have nothing to say, so I'll be done. No, I sure I'm only going to recommend one. And this is, I watched this last night. John talk, called me. Uh, it's a documentary about the movie we're going to do today called uh, Never Give Up, Never Surrender. And it's the backstory for this film. I won't get into it because we're about to do the backstory of the film and what we thought about it. But it's a really nice addition to watch this film. It was the good, love, wasn't it? The love that was behind the yeah. film and how it all came about is pretty amazing. It really proves the point of lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And my favorite quote is right at the beginning where David Mamet listed his four best written movies. Perfect. Yeah. And this, and this was number four. Yep. Yeah. And The Godfather was number one. So it just perfect tells you movies, where. I think. Is that what he said? Yeah. Perfect. He said perfect I think he said perfect movies. movies. Yeah. So without further perfect. ado, John has brought this A film real to upbeat me. movie. Here we go. <laughs> Galaxy Quest. So this is 1999. Uh, thank you, Ralph, for that introduction, by the way. You're welcome, John. Uh, so anyone who knows me knows I am a huge Star Trek fan. Huge. Uh, I love the original series. I'm a, I'm a Trekkie. Um, so I'm a big fan of this movie because it is, it is one of, one of the best Star Trek movies that was made because it's an homage to Star Trek, uh, with a lot of love. Uh, cause when I first saw it, I thought they were going to really make, well, let me, let me back up. So this wait, but before you get started, haven't... should we show the trailer or do you want to, no, no, yeah, fine. Show the, show the trailer first. That's fine. Right, be, Ralph, that's fine. I was in the middle of my thought, but that's okay. I know, but we can, we can get back. Everybody, uh, you know, you know, the drill, you got to be quiet. Thank you, Ralph and John. You're welcome, Sean. Thank you. You're welcome, oh, Sean. Debbie. And Poor Debbie. Debbie. And Brad Debbie, we'll and stop. Drew. Debbie, we'll stop right now. It's over. Done. All right. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Here's the trailer. In the far reaches of the galaxy, a civilization is under siege. We are all that is left. They've searched the universe for a leader. Stay tuned for scenes from next week's Galaxy Quest. Never give up. Never surrender. You will save us. What they got. Never give up and never surrender. We're struggling TV actors. You are our last hope. Where's my limo? <laughs> Okie dokie. And they're about to put on a command performance. Eight million light years away. We are actors, not astronauts. You are our protectors. That was a hell of a thing. Now, Laredo, take us out. You gotta move to the right. Would you sit your ass down? You wanna drive this thing? Acting like heroes. <laughs> the whole thing was just a misunderstanding. May not be enough. They look like little children. Hi, little guy. <laughs> DreamWorks Pictures presents Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman. 
Galaxy Quest. You're just gonna have to kill it. We'll go for the mouth to throw his vulnerable spots. It's a rocket that not any vulnerable spots. I have to tell you, that's not a very good trailer for this. Movie. Oh, I, you know, it's funny. You just, I had the opposite feeling. Oh, I don't, I don't see it. Anyway, well, they didn't know what they had at that point. You can tell that's that obviously they, by the trailer. Right. Yeah. They did not know what they had and they weren't sure how to do it. And, but I just find it quaint. I just thought it was. Well, what happened was uh, it was going to be a PG 13. Right. And because they were in competition with Stuart Little and some other kitty movie, they wanted it not G, but they wanted it more PG. So they definitely went towards eight to 12 year olds. But when you watch the movie, it's really made for adults. It's really not made for kids. So you can see that in the trailer. It's kind of schizophrenic. But anyway, the, the, the crux of this story is if aliens thought Star Trek was real, what would happen if they needed people to go to their planet or whatever in space to help them? That's basically what the premise of the whole movie is. So the, the cast of this show, Galaxy Quest, a TV show that was just like Star Trek, uh, they're, they're at these conventions. And uh, what I liked about this movie, they, they don't insult the fans. Um, it's, it's an, I said this earlier, it's an homage to Star Trek. And the story of, uh, of, of Tim Allen's character overhearing something in the bathroom, which kind of turned him off, was a story that came from William Shatner, who uh, Tim Allen's character was based on. So there's some base on fact there. And, and the way they play it, because everyone knows the Star Trek characters were all typecast for the rest of their lives, pretty much. Some of them embraced it. Some of them resented it. And, and that came across in the characterizations of all the cast in Galaxy Quest. But what, what, what I love about this movie is, forget about the concept. It's a really good movie. The special effects are excellent. Industrial Light and Magic did the special effects, and they were top-notch. Stan Winston did the creature effects. The main villain uh, looks fantastic, right? And uh, Alan Rickman, who, who, if you watch the documentary, kind of in real life was like his character. He, he you know, he wasn't sure about Tim Allen. Uh, but, but what's funny about Alan Rickman's character is that thing never comes off his head. You never see him in the movie without that appliance on his head, even when he's at home by himself. I just thought that was funny. And then as the movie progressed, you know, a lot of laughs in it. Tony Shalhoub is really funny. Uh, Tim Allen has some funny stuff. The Thermians are really funny. But when it gets towards the end, there's scenes with a lot of heart in it. Um, when, when the head Thermian finds out that they're not real, you know, they're not really who they say they are, the way Tim Allen played it. And then the scene where one of the Thermians die. And at that point, Alan Rickman says the line by Grapstar Hammer with, with a lot of feeling and emotion. And this was a line he doesn't want to say through the entire movie and played it straight, really straight. And it was really powerful. And the other thing is Sam Rockwell in a role that should have just been a throwaway role was hilarious. And he didn't even want to do it because in the, in the documentary he says, you know, I, I, I was so full of myself <laughs> that I'm like, why am I going to do this movie? But he was hilarious. But that's where it. I discovered Sam Rockwell was this yeah. movie. I had never seen He him. was so, but it was a red shirt. Anytime you talk about Star Trek, when a red shirt goes down on the planet, you're going to die. So he <laughs> kept saying that. Now, one other thing that, uh, that you find out in the documentary, they actually were going to make an Amazon series in 2016, I think it was, and all of them were going to come back. Rickman, Sigourney Weaver, Tim Allen, they were all going to do it. And then uh, Alan Rickman died 
and none of them wanted to do it if he wasn't going to be able to be in it. So I was really disappointed about that. But if you watch the making of this, Harold Ramis was the original director, and he wanted um, Robin Williams as Tim Allen's role. The studio wanted Alec Baldwin, but the new director they got in wanted Tim Allen. Uh, so Harold Ramis met with Tim Allen and ended up leaving the movie. And he said it was the biggest mistake he ever made because the original script was uh, they compared it to Spaceballs. It was more it was more takeoff. It wasn't a serious movie like it ended up being. And it was a it wasn't a big budget either. Uh, bless you. Debbie, are you OK? Huh? Yeah. You getting choked up because I'm getting emotional. I'm talking about it. I get it. That's cool. Um, but just even watching it again. I was smiling because I've only been to one Trek convention and I didn't dress up. And the thing about it, I remember LeVar Burton was there and he's, he's doing a, he's up on the stage and they're asking him questions. And one of the people asked him this two minute engineering question about the (laughs) enterprise, like real detailed question. And then LeVar Burton just says, look, I'm just reading a script. I, I don't know this. <laughs> and I remember that because William Shatner, the famous Saturday Night Live skit, oh, he's great. at the convention. He says, don't you people have live? And he great. took a lot of blowback for that. Well, but in this movie, they embrace the fandom. They don't the, make fun of them. They yeah. embrace it. Well, and they hit every, every, every decision that was made, whether it was made on purpose or not, all work. Like even Sigourney yes. Weaver, yeah. who, 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 who forced her way on the, on the movie, right. she said. They did you look not at that at her. first, you go, okay, that's stunt casting. It's Sigourney Weaver from all this. But, man, could she play it? You add Sam Rockwell, which I had never seen before. Um, Justin Long, early Justin Long. That was Justin his first Long, movie. That of. was Justin yeah. Long's first movie. Uh, all the things they did were just, it just, it all worked. And the documentary you're talking about, they all said the same thing, which is this is basically would have been a Star Trek movie. Would right. have been a great Star Trek film if they decided to make it. Uh, Lindelof was talking about that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I told you, I, wa- I didn't, I said, I don't need to watch Galaxy Quest because I've seen it so many times. After I watched the documentary, which is like at one in the morning, I put Galaxy Quest on. Yep. Me and too. loved every second of it again. It just, yeah. the movie kills me. And Tim, Tim Allen was really good in it. And that scene yeah. you're talking about where he's, yeah, he, he breaks down and tells him. Yeah. The director's telling the story because Spielberg was Spielberg's company to produce this. Yeah. Dream. Uh, yeah. Dream. Quest yeah, so the director's part. directing and Tim Allen's getting all dramatic. The two lines that were a riot was he, uh, the director hears somebody going, wow, Tim Allen's really good. And he's going to turn and yell at whoever it is. And it's Steven Spielberg. It's like, I, what can <laughs> I say? And then Rickman, I guess, I guess Tim Allen gets so emotional about it that he had to go back to his trailer and Rickman says, well, I guess he discovered acting. <laughs> just the pastor. So, you know, it just, it's lightning in a bottle. We talk about it all the time and this one nailed it. And as so. much as I love Robin Williams, I, I think he would have been a little too over the top for this. Agreed. You well, again, again, we're looking at this in 20 years or whatever yeah. it is. You can't take away who you're seeing, right? Right. So you can't imagine anyone else doing right. the parts. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they had a few people in there. Uh, Bruce Kevin Willis Klein was, was also up and, for it. Yeah. He might have pulled it off. Kevin Klein. Well, that's Kevin part of the Klein magic. Pulled it off. Kevin Klein would have been a good choice, I yeah. think. Yeah. That's except he de Kevin Klein, as they said. That's the, right. Right. That's, right. <laughs> that's part of the that's part of the magic of any movie is that it, that it works at all. And this is a this is an example, especially. That, I mean, that's a that's a fine documentary that really takes you yeah. back and they interview pretty much everyone that you'd want to hear from. And uh, they did a really nice job of showing you just in a general sense how 
so much stuff can go wrong. Not in terms of something awful happens on a set or something, but it just doesn't work. That's actually yeah. one of the things that Frank Langella talked about in the podcast I mentioned. He says, you know, we've had, I've had shoots where the shoot was a love fest and the movie was just trash. And then I've had shoots that were very challenging and, uh, and then the, the movie was wonderful. And he goes, but you never know. You know, if I take the job, it's because I believe it can be good. Yeah. And the people who made this movie really believed that it could be something good, even as it changed and fought right. for it. And it's just, I mean, I know exactly why, why John picked it. As soon as you said that that was your choice, I said, well, John responds to movies that, that make him feel good. And this movie is just pure joy. Mm-hmm. It's just a wonderful, joyful movie. And I mean, yeah. I love Star Trek and all that and stuff. And it's, 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 it's just it's a, a fun, g- sweet movie. Goosebumpy. It's a goosebumpy. Oh, yeah. Like there's goosebumps that happen. You're like, this is what am I doing? This is ridiculous. Yep. But it's it's just uh Did any of you see it in the theater? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's odd. Yeah. 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 Good. I mean it's here's just... the thing about seeing it in the theater though. I saw it in the theater, but I didn't see it the first week or the second week. I saw it in the dollar house. So I'm trying to think back because as I'm watching it today, and I, I've subsequently rediscovered it. But as I watched it, it was previously, it was like, yeah, this is a really good movie. But it, there was nothing about it the way it was marketed or promoted that really made me anticipate seeing it when it first right. came out. Mm-hmm. You know, completely nothing. But as I was watching it again today, I was just struck. It's interesting somebody brought up about how well written and how well constructed this movie is. It's hard to believe that they were considering taking it in other directions because if Reitman was on it, they probably already had another script. You know what I mean? Right. Well, yeah. It probably yeah, wasn't they did. as good they did, as it actually. exists now. Yeah. So it's amazing how well this came off. And frankly, I don't think Dream you know, DreamWorks of didn't always movies didn't always work. I right. think they It's funny yeah, because they're like their fifth movie too, I think. Yeah. But this one was this film is um Really, really terrific movie. Yeah, it, it was. It resonated with me. You know, it's like one of those feel-good movies too. That when you um, go to a movie and you see something about that film that really hits you. For me, it was the fact that you, everybody has a job, yeah. and uh, you know, and and your job, you think I can't do this job. You know, you mentioned editing and Sean talks about his editing and you, you look at the project in front of you or whatever your job is, you know, and you go, how am I going to do it? You know, I can't do this. And you fake it until you make it, you know, you ever hear that one. So you go into your work and you say, I just got to put one foot in front of the other and do it. And Tim Allen just, you know, he, he, when he realized it, he goes, well, I'm going to do this thing. You know, and I think that uh, resonates with people, you know, everyday life when you're on the job. That's yeah, it's funny, funny you mentioned you about Sigourney Weaver's line. I've got one job, and that's to repeat what the computer says. <laughs> but to get back to get back to seeing the movie theater, it slipped. I mean, it's not one that you – there was no expectation for it at all. So when you go in, I don't, I don't even remember any marketing around this. Thing. There was, but it wasn't marketed. It was marketed. Right, it wasn't. Wrong. It's like when I walked in and saw a Christmas Story in 1982 yeah. for the first time. And it just, you walk out going, where was that? I can't believe I didn't know about this film. Right. And that's how this one hit me too. It's like, they just didn't know who the surprised. audience was going to be. That's why. And well, Sam Rockwell just killed it. And it Guy just, Flegelman. Guy Flegelman was great. Well, I mean, I've mentioned, uh, actually, it's, it's funny that it comes up again. I've mentioned there's a few movies that uh, I just, I, I was just totally surprised by how much I liked them. And, you know, like The Descent, District 9, Ready or Not, Salt, and this one. I mean, I, I said, oh, it looks like a Star Trek comedy. That that might be funny. But I had no idea. 
And the fact that it was, it was funny and it was loving, but then also it was a hell of an action movie. Yeah. Like you said, like, well, I'm feeling goosebumps at this movie. I'm, I'm getting moved by this. What is happening? It was, but yeah. it was, a, it was a really exciting, it was a really exciting thing to feel. And I, some of those movies, like I remember I saw Office Space in the theater. Uh, again, that's the other thing about this movie. This is 1999. 1999 was a hell of a year at the movies. And this movie stands as tall as any of the great movies of 1999. But when I saw Office Space, there were like three other people in the theater. And we were dying and we were looking at each other and like, why, why are we the only people in the theater? You know? Yeah. And I don't remember. I, I know I saw this in the theater and that I loved it. I don't remember anything anything about what my experience was with it i just know it was one of those movies as soon as i saw it i said i'm gonna see that again yeah i'm gonna see yeah that. um i only saw it because i saw everything in the late 90s i would see you know between 140 and 198 films a year so i only saw it because it was you know <laughs> it was a movie you know i had you know i did not seek it out you know particularly that's why I do kind of want to go back and look at the box office on those weeks and see, and see where it was. Because, it did all right. Know. I mean, it didn't make a lot of money. It made its money back. I think it doubled. Yeah, it was but, only forty five million dollar budget, and it made yeah. twice that worldwide. Which the fact yeah. that that movie looks that good and still looks that good. I can't and, get over it. That's all they. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dream and Lose that director, that director is spending a lot of money because that's Steven Spielberg. Also, Steven Spielberg is a guy that he'll make a movie that is one of the greatest movies ever. And it comes in, you know, ahead of schedule and under budget. So that's the discipline of that company. Well, that yeah. guy directed the new Bill and Ted movie. Dean Pariseau. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, but he fought hard for like they wanted to drop the whole Justin Long uh, part of the film. Yeah, uh, 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 Steven Spielberg wanted to not, you know, the the aliens look like octopi, octopuses. He wanted whatever. them to look like the aliens from Close Encounters. And they're like the director's like, no, actually, it was because they didn't have any time. They would have changed. Stan it Wins, yeah, Thank they said, we only got three weeks. We can't do. So this. they fought. They fought. He fought for a lot of things, and his vision was right on, spot on. So that was a really cool part of the movie because John, you were talking earlier about how they 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 weren't making fun of the fans. And actually, they kind of gave them him a shining spotlight. You know, he got, he was able to help them. They ended up being the heroes. Yeah, yeah the exactly. nerds on the internet with each each yeah. part of the ship. That was so cool. And I loved it that he he's talking to him. He's like, I know. I, he's like, I, I I know. I don't really believe this is real. He's like, Well, it is. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> but this movie, end, this yeah. that scene at the end when he's on the stage and they're taking their applause. And he looks down at Justin Long and does that yep. salute to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was like, oh, my God, the dweebs win the universe, you know? <laughs> well, that was one of the things I really liked about it. And they talk about this uh, in detail in the, um, in the documentary, which is good because this was something that they did on purpose. You know, it's, it's, a, it's acknowledging the fans without making fun of them. Right. The Justin Long part, literally the fans actually saving the day is just genius. I don't know how they would ever cut that out. But I, I remember, like, I was more of a Star Wars kid. Uh, you guys probably don't realize that I was more of a Star Wars kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, who's that? Um, I, I was that kind of fan that could tell you, like, I don't remember now that TIE fighters were made by Sinar Fleet Systems and Incom made the T-65B X-Wing fighters and the Nebulon B medical frigate was made by Quad Drivers. Like, I don't remember that stuff now. But I think... <laughs> oh, um, yeah. oh, yes. I, 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 think I that, need a nerd alert button. Nerd yeah, alert button. The bell, the bell is not dorky enough. But I think, <laughs> I, I think that uh, to see that and to... Like, that, that William Shatner speech is in the in the snl sketch it's funny and it is funny like i don't look at it and i don't remember seeing it originally and being offended or anything but it's not loving 
And, no. and this, this is really like, you know, we, we only exist and we only have our career and we only have our lives and we only have the success because of fans without saying we're nothing. I mean, they do something of quality and people respond to it. And that's really wonderful. But it is kind of funny in the documentary, listening to them talk about how this was the world that we now live in before that world existed. I mean, kids getting on the computer and looking at each other on cameras and trading all the information and the schematics and all that stuff. And now those people run Marvel films. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, um, you know, cause I've done a number of movies where you get actors who would achieve success at one level or another. And sometimes they either hate it, you know, they have some pivotal role or they love it. And it's great to run. Like I, I did two films with John Schneider from Dukes of Hazzard and, you know, he embraces it. You know what I mean? The people, yeah. the people, he loves the fans and, um, unfortunately, when I was at the set of one of the movies, you know, um, we, we went and did a little L.A. tour and we didn't go to the set that day. That day he brought in one of those one of his cars, you know, one of the um, chargers, whatever it was, oh, wow. Dukes of Hazard all made up. And he was taking pictures with everybody in the cast and crew in it with him. You know what I mean? And so he's that kind of guy. And, it, and it's really it's really fabulous that he embraces it, you know, um, well, that's but a other choice. People, you know, that's a choice they made. The movie. Yeah, the General Lee. Originally, uh, uh, his character was supposed to hate the fact that he's been typecast, and when True. they brought in a new scriptwriter, they Allen's said, character. "What about he loves it and wants to be it again?" And that's how they played it. And I love the fact that Tim Allen. He, she even said the line in the movie: "He really love. They really love him, don't they?" And he yeah. was embracing it till he was in the bathroom and overheard them. Well, but you I remember, they, and as the documentary said, he came off uh, that Tool Time show that he had. So yeah. Tim Allen kind of was, kind of fell into that thing where he wasn't as famous because the show was over, and he was just he was again lightning in a bottle. He was the right guy who understood what it would mean to be in that in that position and played it. The well, they wanted an action star who could do comedy. I knew it was going to be and the great. The director he, wanted a comedian who could do action yeah. stuff. That limo scene that where he gets in the limo. Yeah. And, 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 and they cut to him laying down in the spaceship right. and he's drooling. And just the way he, that, that rhythm he had when he was hung over was just, that's when I, that's when I, I knew the movie was going to be great. I just thought that was. How about when, it, when the doors open, it goes to anamorphic. Right. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. was an incredible... In the movie theater, that was yeah. incredible when you saw that. Anamorphic. What does that... Wide, that super wide. Super wide. So, so they filmed it in one perspective for the first part of the movie, but when they got onto the ship, when those doors first opened, when he was about to be teleported back, that was anamorphic widescreen. He did that purposely to well, show... And- the TV show was all four by three. Right. Yeah, it was right. um, standard. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, played, really they played with three aspect ratios. In yeah, the he said he made a mistake though because the projectionist wouldn't open the curtain. All right, day. right. <laughs> they didn't know to open up the curtain. <laughs> but even the, the ship in the dock. I mean, it was it was really impressive when they're going down the elevator and you see the ship. The special effects were fantastic in this movie. Yeah, they've aged very well. Yes, yes. John, it was very good. <laughs> there are so many um, quotable. Like I quote this movie probably more than any movie. That, you do? Yes. The never give up, never surrender. That's a big one. The miners, not miners. That one I just love. <laughs> Could they be the miners? Oh, sure. I mean, they're like three years old. Miners, not miners. You lost me. 
And Fighters. there's a there's a little throwaway where the little guys, the little creatures, when Sigourney's going, oh, they're so cute. And they, in the trailer, you see the fangs come out. Quick, they're going to get Guy. Right, they're just running away. <laughs> Every little, they just. How about the famous? Almost... Du- how about the famous dubbing sk- scene where oh, they awesome. show the chompers and Sigourney Weaver goes, and he hears, yeah, big "Screw this! Screw this!" Yeah. Well, screw that! How are we supposed to get through this? Well, <laughs> you, they, they didn't refilm it. They cut all the swears out. That's yeah. how they made it. And then, I think that was. Other than that scene, because I think in that scene it would have been hilarious. Yeah, it would have been great. I didn't need it anywhere else. Well, that's the yeah. thing about these ratings. Of PG, I think we talked about this maybe even last time, but the PG-13 movie, you get one fuck. Right. And yeah. so when they do that, like uh, I was thinking, I think it's um, uh, from the same universe of creators as some of the people that were in the documentary. J.J. Abrams did Super 8. Yeah. And so there's like there's one scene, I think it's a kid on the bus. He finds out there really are aliens. And, the, and so the camera literally like zooms in on him like a Spielberg moment, and he goes... Fuck, and, you know it's like that. That would have been a perfect use in that yeah. scene. It let Sigourney Weaver do that. If they cursed all the time, that would have been perfectly realistic for frustrated actors and stuff like that. But I, I didn't watch that movie and think, oh, it's for babies or oh, it's not adult enough. It's, right. It just, it's again, it does everything right. And you know, we yeah, have two editors here. Yeah. I mean, the editing is spectacular in this movie. Yeah, it is. It's they really call they call the editor on the dock. And 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 the thing about that is they knew it because they didn't cut away from her. Right. They let it go. Right. And they were in on the joke. They, they, right. That's how smart these people were. Now, whether it was an accident or whatever, they just seemed to make all the right decisions. And even and that one, because normally... Great. Sigourney could, Reaver was so good in that movie. Because oh. they didn't want her, they didn't want anyone who had done science fiction movies. And obviously, they, yeah. she played Ellen Ripley. But uh-huh. she's like, why can't I play this? It's completely... In fact, it's more like me than Ellen Ripley is. Yeah. And she wanted bigger boobs. She wanted the blonde hair. <laughs> she right. kept the blonde hair on. The blonde hair home. Right. And she, I mean, the way she played that was so great. And then the scene that I love is they go through the chompers and they have the beryllium spear, sphere, and then they've got to, to stop the destruction of the ship. Right. And he hits the little button. Is that it? I was expecting something else. That was just so funny. <laughs> and it has to count down to one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is so it's, Star Trek, you know? I don't know. Okay, I was expecting John, something else. John, was that? I, have, I have a question for you, John. Yes, Deb. What was the name of the... Um, crystals that powered star trek dilithium crystals i asked john that not sean dilithium crystals you can't handle it captain i can't give us some more power (laughs) we need more power that's the scene with tony shalhoub they're telling me the sphere is uh, overloading. <laughs> Tony Shalhoub is so good. The complete opposite of Scotty. That was what's so Hell funny. Hell of a thing. <laughs> Hell of a well, thing. That scene, the scene where they get transported and then Guy just starts screaming. Yep. That was unscripted. So Sigourney uh, Weaver's reaction is real because she didn't know that was coming. <laughs> so you guys came. Who wants the grand tour? That was a hell of a thing. And that was hilarious. Ah! 
He was great. I like it's how they not, say they give him credit. Yeah, they give him credit in um in the documentary. Uh, the, the one of my favorite lines that I've quoted is when he's watching Tony Shalhoub and Missy Pyle start to fool around, and he goes, "Oh, that's not right." That's not right. <laughs> Hey, Fred. Hey, Fred. Um. Oh, that's not right. No. I can't remember no. who said it, but somebody said, well, Sam Rockwell asked if he could do that line. Yeah. And they did it. And then they cut to Sam Rockwell. He's like, I, I did? I did ask that? Well, <laughs> that's a good idea. Good thing I did. It's a, a good suggestion. You know, it's just, yeah. that's the thing. There's so many things that can go wrong when you make a movie, when you make yeah. a big project. And every they made the right decisions, they stuck to them, and then they had the luck that you need to make a successful movie. And they all, in the documentary, didn't you get the feeling, I know everybody says this, but they 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 all had love for this movie. I mean, they all loved yeah. it. And yeah, you I could got, tell I got, the way they were talking about it. And it wasn't the typical, oh, we love it because we're making this movie. This was 20, you know, I, you know, so many years later, they're talking about it with yeah. reverence. I got the vibe that you get, um, not quite as much, but the vibe that you get when you watch the Lord of the Rings, the original trilogy documentary, and like that these people loved working together yeah. for all these years. They got matching tattoos because yeah. they love each other and they're proud of their work and and then you know this this was people people are are were excited to be doing it they believed it could work and then they're proud of it when they look back and you know there's a lot of people i i don't i can't think of anything else that dean pariso has done uh, i'm sure that i've seen some of it but if he if this is the one thing he did that really is special that that's a hell of a career right there i mean really just remarkable yeah well and the actor who met all the people doing the uh yeah, the guy who created the language. Enrico. His, Enrico Colantoni. Yeah, his, yeah. Uh, oh, he was awesome in there. I like that's that. exercise he did that created the language that they used his, his um, uh, what do you call it when you? His resonator warm-up. Vocal yeah. exercise? No, that, but what do you call it when you go to get a part? Why can't I think of audition. 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 They used his, he hadn't been picked yet, but they used his audition. Well, wait, he, he went, he met the director, did an audition. They said, thank you. And he was walking out and he stopped and said, can I try something? And he right. did the voice. Yes. <laughs> and the director was like, okay. Then he had, he had everyone else audition using that voice. Well, he gave, he showed them his audition tape yeah. to get them to all. So he was it. great. You know, it's funny. He, that's a, that's another movie from 1999. That was excellent. Audition, a little bit different tone. I don't know if you guys slightly have seen different. Yeah. Audition? I think that's no. a little different. That's I a think good John, one. John would not like that film. I think, I think John would really, John would really have an experience. Is it a feel good movie in the definitely summer? Definitely don't walk out no. going, wow, I feel good. You That's walk out going, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> oh, God. And then you want to throw up. So I'm not going to watch that movie. I also <laughs> like that, um, that Rain Wilson was in here without a speaking part. Well, <laughs> yeah. he had a couple of lines. His Did part he have got, a, I don't remember. His part got cut because he, he ended cut. up uh, doing a pilot for a TV show. Yep. So his part got cut big time. Uh, okay. He had a much bigger role. And the pilot was awful, he said. I mean, was he had anything big before this? I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, The Office was a few years after this. So. Yeah, that was yeah. his first movie, as a matter of yeah. fact. He looked like a little kid in it. Yeah. That, I mean, the uh, casting of this movie is just, it's, it's just incredible. Yeah. Everyone, little roles, big roles. I wrote down a list of all these people, and it's like people that I, that I have seen grow into bigger stuff or that I enjoy because you've got four huge leads. You've got Tim Allen. This is the only on-screen Tim Allen role I actually like. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, and Tony Shalhoub, and they all play into their strengths as actors, but they also, they don't do what I think what a lot of the people involved in the production initially thought they were going to do with these characters, and it all works. 
And then you've got Justin Long, Enrico Colantoni, Robin Sachs, Missy Pyle, Patrick Breen, Rain Wilson, Sam Lloyd, like all these people that are just incredibly talented. And even in these little roles, I mean, when I saw uh, and fell in love with Veronica Mars, where Enrico Colantoni plays uh, her father, I know he was in other stuff that I didn't watch regularly, like Just Shoot Me. But when he showed up in that show, I turned to my wife and I went, oh, (laughs) he'll always be Mathisai. He'll always be that character. And he's just just great. He's just wonderful. It's it's amazing. And it must be for these actors to do like like, – one really great, and that's a surprising hit too. Mm-hmm. And you know that really grew on. And I was listening to a podcast with Tim Robbins, and they were saying, "Well, I guess we have to talk to you about Shawshank." And he was talking about what a surprise that is, and how it's an amazing experience for him. He's like, "I never get tired of talking about it because mm-hmm. he goes because the people who come to talk to me about it often have amazing stories how it really affected them and everything." Yeah. And I'm sure these people. I mean, it's a um, this was a really well done film. And I think somebody, I think it may have been Drew that said it. So it's like, it's a film where every decision worked out right. And when you listen to any other choices they could have made, in retrospect, it sounds like they all sound horrible and they all sound impossible, except maybe Kevin Klein. You know, yeah, I he think he would have been good. And the thing yeah. about it is, um, Tim Allen was great. Though, don't yeah, he was. You don't expect a film like this because you go in thinking science fiction, comedy, whatever. It's not going to have lasting. It's not going to. And it just did. Yeah, that's what I mean. Every decision, like you guys were saying, every decision, casting, ILM, everything they did to not change the octopuses, to not listen to, you know, the muckety mucks are telling them to dump the Justin Long segments. And and they just wouldn't I do think it. It's, I think it's octopi. Octopi. Yeah, m- I think that's a good. Thank you, thank you, Debbie. thank you for that, Debbie. That. Uh, thank you, Deborah. <laughs> I think I'm not sure. <laughs> so, and again, I'm going to say it again. Me. Sam Rockwell, uh, yeah. just unbelievable, and it, it made the whole movie for me. I just found him. Just, Can you look just, around to find anything to make a rudimentary lathe? <laughs> just yeah. all his stuff, all his stuff, and that scream was improvised. That's even better. I had no idea. Oh yeah, that's great. That's just yeah, funny. he was he he was he was really funny in that. But they were all moon? played off each other. I'm sure and you know what they also moon. Yeah, moon was they took it serious. That's what when I first saw this because I'm such a big Star Trek fan, I just assumed they were going to make fun of Star Trek. That's right. what I thought they were going to do. Right. So then you get into the movie, you're like you know, they're playing it straight, right? They're not playing takeoffs, and the production of the movie was really good. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting something much cheesier than that. And even watching it again, I'm going, man, these special effects are really, really good. They hold up now. The makeup holds up now. And the performances hold up. And the way they talk about the performances, you know, uh, the reverence in which you're talking about, I just think that's so cool. Because people, you know, you can have a hit movie, but are you still talking about it 20 years later? I mean, we no. do that a lot with the movies. And the we one, watch. and the mistake we're making too, the same. The documentary made this for some reason. Don't know why. We're not talking about the villain. Yeah, the guy they, playing the villain, oh, and, I, and the Robin way they played that, and how serious the they. The makeup was terrific. That appliance yeah. was incredible. Yeah, and and the, you know, there's death in it, and people die in it. You know, and and that's at the point where where they all realize this is serious, right? We got to take this serious now. Yeah. When he and, says, let's, let's prepare a tear harness for the female. Yeah. Like, that's, that's really unsettling. And, and I went right to, I don't believe that he's going to hurt Sigourney yeah. Weaver. The hospital movie popped right in my head at that. One. <laughs> right there, so. I was waiting for Jane Fonda to walk in, you know, yeah, I mean, I was uh, dying for that. So, yeah, I mean, it did get serious and, uh, 
And it ended. It didn't end on a. It ended kind of, you know, not jokey. It ended like you said. Very no, they got emotional. their series back. They right. got their series. back. They got back. the series back, and but they and, saved. They yeah. saved the Thermians. They yeah. uh, defeated uh, the termites. termites. They did. They did the termites, the right? The termites. The termites right. <laughs> so the termites. Are all right, look, look. This film. I think we're all going to give thumbs up. Well, let yeah. me ask. Let okay. me ask one question because. Yeah, um my wife also likes this movie. She doesn't like it as much as I do. My wife also doesn't care about Star Trek. And that's another thing about this movie. This is a really great Star Trek movie, but it's also <laughs> a really great movie. Yeah. Right. And there has been a lot of Star Trek in the past 10 years that has yeah. not been, not been very good or like Star Trek Picard actively bad. And so it was kind of, I haven't watched the Orville. I can't speak to that. I've heard that's the best Star Trek show that isn't made by Star Trek. And this is definitely the best Star Trek movie that isn't made by Star Trek and watching it, uh, today actually made me want to go back and watch some more next gen or something because it's just it just feels right and that's really satisfying. Can I ask one Star Trek question for people? Dilithium crystals. Yes, Sean. <laughs> no, no, no. What do you guys feel, and I, ladies as well, about the the um, increasing the special effects on the old ones? Are you offended by that? Uh, I I'm not offended by it. Uh, it doesn't. I don't. Th- it's not like what Lucas did with Star Wars, right? Oh, yeah. exactly. Which is completely different. Han shot first. Yeah, I think the fact that they can make them a little bit better. What I like about that is maybe younger people wouldn't watch it because the effects are 1960s, and maybe they'll watch it if they're a little bit better now. But the beauty wait, wait, about back that up, show is, oh, still out. They're changing the special effects. Yeah, the they're they're TV cleaning series? them up. They're using digital. So, well, so it's, instead of using the same stagnant shot of the ship every time, yeah. they've created new shots. Oh, well, it's actually that, pretty impressive. The only, thing that's, the only thing that's good about that is that they're doing that because they're actually taking the old series, and I mean the original series and then the next-gen stuff, and they're uprising them. They're refinishing them in high def, which oh. means it'll look better than it ever looked. And if right. they, they want to up – and you have to, up, you have to upgrade the side, the, uh, the side effects, the special effects – because if you okay. have if you have a, a high def transfer of an episode of television and the computer enterprise is still in standard definition, it isn't going to work. Mm. So the fact I that have... they're going back and taking care to do that that is more important to me than what they do. Okay, to... I didn't know they're they're operating yeah. the whole show. Yeah. Okay. Yes, Deborah. Okay. I, I have a point to make in respect to what you said because I didn't know they were doing that. But why don't we just take uh, uh, the Mona Lisa that Leonardo. Uh, um, da Vinci, Da Vinci, Da Vinci. <laughs> Leonardo Let's just fix her smile and make her teeth like brothers. Uh, nah, well, not, that's not oh, a good come analogy. Come on, it's art. You can't well, change uh, art. No, Star Trek was lucky that they shot it on film. Look, right. it's like going. Yeah. It's, I don't believe in colorizing films because a director makes a choice to put it in black and white. Right. I don't believe in colorizing them, but I, I don't. I don't. That that's not a good analogy. What about the other way, making them black and white? No. I think that's wrong. If they wanted to make it black and white, they would have. Uh, well, or they'll do both. What I like about Star Trek and why the effects don't but matter. You know, that they're much. not doing that to bring kids on board. Kids are not going to buy into Star Trek, even if it's HD and beautiful. They're Star doing it wrong. They're, they're, they're trying to expand who's going to watch it. That, that's kids that's will, who they're doing. They'll buy it on Blu-ray and they'll buy it on 4K. And the fact that Star Trek works isn't because of the special effects. It works because of Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. The relationship between those three. Well, that's why Galaxy Quest worked on. Completely grew up. Look that's at the best Star Trek West. movies, Wrath of Khan. Yes, And that's is. most like the TV show. Yeah. The dynamic between the characters is the most like the TV show. That's why that is the best out of them all. It's a hell and of a that's why this movie you know, works. It's funny. That's got a good yell in it, too. 
book review of that. <laughs> that first Star Trek movie, I, I don't remember it being good at all. But I saw it in a sneak preview, Wrath of Khan. And my God, we all loved it. The audience was like, stood up and applauded. You know, I mean, I've never seen such a response to a movie. You know, well, that's that because Harve Bennett produced that. And yeah. after Robert Wise directed the first Star Trek and he didn't know Star Trek. So what they wanted was because of Star Wars, they wanted a special effects extravaganza. And the special effects in that movie were spectacular. When you see that giant ship for the first time, incredible. But none of the characters acted like anything in the TV show. So then when they did Wrath of Khan, the budget was cut by uh, by two thirds, I think. And it was a much better movie because they went back to the TV show and it had a great villain. And ILM did the special effects, unlike the first one. And it was just a good movie because you cared about the people in it. And that, that's like Star Wars. And it had those Why does everyone like too. the first three Star Wars movies when the rest of them are garbage? Because you don't care about anybody in the movies. The right. first three, you care about the people in the movies. And that's, yeah. and that's why this movie works. You care about them. Well, you yeah. also have consistent people behind the scenes, and like the 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 best, in my opinion, the best original Star Trek movies are two, four, and six. So Nicholas Meyer directed two and six, and he wrote all three of them. So when yeah. when they found their voice with Wrath of Khan, they didn't use it every time for the next right. movies. But when they used it, it was like Wrath of Khan is a great action movie. Star Trek Four, wow, this is actually a funny movie and has good right. action. And then Star Trek Six is this crazy Cold War allegory that's so obvious. And also a hell of an action movie. So, you know, I, I think, I think it's, it's okay to go outside of what, of what people expect, but it's nice when a series finds what works and then they keep doing it, which yeah. is not, you know, sometimes that's not going to happen because I mean, you're making Star Wars over, what, 50 years now? So obviously you're not going to have the same people. But there, you can tell when somebody cares. I mean, George Lucas did something special with the original Star Wars trilogy and then something not special with the prequel trilogy because... He didn't have a producer that said to him, that's not a good idea. Yeah, nobody said these no. Movies, these movies and any movies work because there's but, a team of people that balance off each that's other. That's why The Mandalorian works. John Favreau cares about Star Wars. Right. And you can see it in that show, and unlike Dave, the movies. And Dave Filoni, his co-executive producer, uh, he and X-Wing pilot, he... Um, he directs he some has, of them, too, doesn't he? Does, he? And, and he's got an encyclopedic knowledge of yeah. it so that John Favreau <laughs> and other people can rely on him. And, you you know, can't just crap on the fans and then expect them to take it just because they slap the name on it. It right. doesn't work. Well, that's like that last film of the trilogy, the it, third trilogy. I was actively offended. It by was it. awful. It was trash. They tried they to were making the mistakes from the first two movies in one movie. None of it worked. Yeah. But because you slapped Star Wars on it, everyone's going to love it. And they didn't. And they, they faked a lot of They forgot the characters. It. They forgot to pay off Make us care about them. And never give up. Off. Never surrender. That's what I say. Well, that's why the Mandalorian really is is something special. It is. It's awesome. Set off the nerd alert. Yeah, I love that. Well, oh, also, Debbie, there was a nerd alert. Okay. Debbie mentioned Debbie mentioned the Mona Lisa teeth. I don't know if you guys noticed, but in the documentary, if you have um, if you have seen it, you maybe you notice it, and if you haven't, you should watch it because it's very good. But you'll also not be able to to not see this everybody's teeth are, are quite amazing. Like if you are a Hollywood success and you've worked behind camera, you've spent a lot of money on veneers and different things. And it's really, it's just amazing. Like some of the actors are like, Oh, they still have human teeth, but a lot of the producers and other people, you, I yeah, just I'm kind it. of offended by that. How the hell do, and amazing. that's why I like the masks now because it covers all that up. So exactly. Nobody worries. Nobody cares. All right. Mona Lisa enough. Can, Mona Lisa great can great film. Did we love this film or not? 
I think uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. I think it's pretty Yippee good. Kaye all around. And this is for Michelle too. She, okay. All right. Sean, Sean she, you got the next pick. We got to get something dirty and. and Sean, New if you're gonna pick a peck and paw, then do the wild bunch. Don't do straw dogs. Oh. Oh. Hey, I, I tell you, bunch. one of our one of my friends, one of my oldest friends. She saw that film when she was in the seventh grade, Straw Dogs. Oh After listening to our Clute episode and everybody talking about films that left them twisted, she's like, oh, I'd love to come on your podcast and talk about Straw Let's Dogs. Go. Bring her on. Because it left her twisted. So, um, Or at least, um, you know, out of sorts for a while. Podcast you know, become I'm a roller coaster of emotions. Go, I usually try to recommend films that are universally considered good. Well, that may not have been appeared that way, but I'm I may be going with a film that a lot of people think is bad next. A horror movie. So um Are you gonna leave us hanging? I'm probably gonna go with the original Phantasm from nineteen seventy nine. Oh no, no. You're saying two things. No, you don't get two things. No, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm probably gonna I'm gonna bring on a guest because I expect that some people are not gonna like this film. Phantasm? And I got a guy who like really believes in this movie. He's a writer. You talking He's about Phantasm? Comic books. What? You talking about Phantasm now? Yeah. What was the budget on that? About two hundred dollars? Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. Well, it, it may have been three hundred. Everybody, everybody got paid in ice cream. I think. <laughs> Listen, our, our old friend Al. That's, a, oh, that's Al. less of a budget oh, than Al the whole thing. You know, I'm gonna, I think I'm, you're right. I have to contact my friend to see if he's available. I think the film is free on who on um. Well, Tubi. yeah. I wonder if I wonder if, I wonder if saying we're going to do this film is going to get us more views or not. I'm trying to figure out Phantasm. No one listens to this. Well, we'll huh? keep an eye. We'll keep an eye on the you viewership of Phantasm across streaming services, and if it peaks, then we know that yeah, Phantasm. Phantasm. Come on, it's Phantasm. I like Phantasm. 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 I, saw that the I also I saw want that. to reach out and see if um if Reggie Bannister is available. Oh yeah, we love Reggie. Who's Reggie? He's, He's Reggie, the, the ice cream man. The ice cream man. He's a great guy. I mean, he's he's like a fab. Who's Reggie? Those character over all We're that. deep into genre actors. Do I know who that is? I don't know who that is. Must be. Must Nobody be. knows who he is. I don't if know we, who we, is. Sean, Sean, wrote podcast, a, Sean wrote a movie for him, but he turned it down. Hey, Sean, no. why don't we do a crossover and bring me the head of Reggie Bannister? <laughs> <laughs> you know. All right. So uh, I'm going to see if my friend is available for next Tuesday. If that if it's not that, it'll be the Wild Bunch. Oh. Because I'm ready for straw dogs. Let's go. Wild bunch. All right. What are we waiting for? All right. Yeah. You t- let us know. Let us know soon. Anyway, good job, everybody. Have a good, safe week. Yeah. Never give up. Never surrender. Never give up. Wojo, feel better. You are. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.